0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your HealthCast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fakenholz and here with Lauren Johnson, FNP. And we don't have a guest this week, but we are going to answer some Q&A questions. And we hope that all of you had a great holiday, Christmas, um, New Year, getting the New Year started off correctly. Um, Yeah. How was your holiday, Lauren?
1: It was really good. It's always a... A time to um, reflect. I think for me, I I always reflect so much during that time, and um, I think it was it was a really good time. It's also a time where I think a lot of people start worrying about weight gain, which is something that we're gonna talk about today, right? Eight yeah, there's because I mean quite you're a so quite a bit
0: of questions of weight gain. Yeah. Um. So let's dive in. Let's just see where it takes us, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. Um. I think weight loss is such a big topic the first of the year, which can we just be honest, like, isn't it so weird that we start a new year in just in, in January when it's wintertime, shouldn't it be in the springtime? What are your thoughts on that?
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's a, a good point. Um, the, honestly, <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is people are so obsessed with weight loss, but they don't always understand that it's not a simple, like you take this to get this result. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more to weight loss health benefits than just looking different. And I feel like everyone chooses weight loss because they want to look a certain way. Cause that's, you know, what society has groomed us or sculpted us to think, but it's really the, the, uh, effects on your physiology that happens. That is so much more important than what you look like in the mirror. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, what do you, what else do you want to say about that before we jump in with folks?
1: Yeah. I mean, so as somebody who has struggled in the past with weight loss and as somebody who has had disordered eating in the past, um, you know, during college and after college, um, postpartum with my first baby, I had a lot of disordered eating. I, I, I nursed and I had the supply thankfully, but I was so focused on losing weight and it greatly affected, um, my stress levels, my connection—I mm-hmm. um, think it affected my. Honestly, the way I was doing it, nourishment and my my breast milk supply, so my baby yeah. was always hungry. Um, and there's 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 other factors there. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to lose weight while breastfeeding. I'm just saying the, the what matters more is the. The way you are looking at yourself, the words you are speaking to your body and the way you're going about doing it. Because if you're going about doing it, eating a thousand calories while breastfeeding, it's it's going to backfire because after that happened, um, I got pregnant with my second after I weaned my first and I had um, reflux start. Then I did some intermittent fasting and I did like a 36 hour fast to try to fix my reflux. And my acid reflux and my hormone issues lasted for many more years after that. And so you, it's like you create, you, you're fixing one problem by creating and creating other problems. Mm. And so I think as women, we get so focused on the, the number and the way that it looks, um, but if you really focus on what is, what is good for me and like, what is, what am I, what is my body needing and what is, what do I feel like maybe even journaling about it and just really try to map out like what you're feeling about it. Is it that you feel inadequate or that you, you know, just all those feelings about it because there's a deeper feeling down there that's mm. causing that. So I, I, I hate the first year, like push to, to lose weight. I don't, I don't think it's ever a good plan. I did see somebody's plan the other day that was like first for the first month we are going to do a morning routine and I think that's great. And the yeah. second month we're going to do an eating plan. And the third month we're going to incorporate 5000 steps a day. Like I, something like that. I, yeah, sure. Those are and it's doable. One change a month. Like I think something like that is doable, but it's really hard to first, like, start a whole new, like, eating plan in January, um, in the, in the dead of winter. Um, and it's just, um, it's just not doable. Like, it's like, especially yeah. if you go after as somebody also, I am a nurse practitioner who used to work in weight loss. So I have helped a lot of people lose weight <laughs> in conventional way, and I've seen it backfire time and time again. And so just, and our, our office would always blow up January 1st, and yeah. it's just, it's not the best. It's not the most sustainable way to do it.
0: Yeah, I like how you said sustainable. That's the word that came to my mind is we're looking for sustainable results. This is not a month of a certain diet and then you go back to your old way of living because you had lost the weight that you were trying to do. Uh, I like how you were saying you know, that people were going to journal more this month or going to get 5,000 steps. I think little action steps go a long way and it makes a sustainable plan uh, because Losing weight really comes down to a lifestyle, not a quick fix. It's not like a uh, like a flash flood, so to speak. It just happens and it's gone. It's this is this is why every year in the new year, people choose this because in their head, generally, maybe it's in their subconscious, is that okay? I'm going to accomplish this, and I accomplish. It, I check it off my list, and then I go right back to living how I was living, and that is so far from the universal truth of that. We need to live a healthy, conscious lifestyle. It's crazy that I'm even saying this, that, that we even have to live a healthy, conscious lifestyle. That's just not the norm. That should be the absolute norm. We shouldn't have to have, I and I'm, I'm getting on a rant now, but Attitude. we shouldn't have to have, <laughs> yeah, we, should, we shouldn't have to have these. Oh yeah. They live a healthy lifestyle. You know, you're the one in the family who lives a healthy lifestyle. Well, then what does that make everyone else? What, right. what, you know, what I'm saying? Like, why did we go to the grocery store and there's the organic section and the health food section? Then what does it make all the rest of the food in the store? Like, we need to start thinking this way. Uh, and there needs to be a paradigm shift because weight loss is just the tip of the iceberg and it goes so much deeper into, um, you know, the true universal truth and getting back to nature lifestyle that our genome that we were designed to live. That is looked at as though we're weird because we think this way, so that's my rant for the new year for everyone listening to this.
1: <laughs> One part of that that I'm gonna emphasize is slowing down the conscious yeah. way of of living i I have preached this a little bit with children and in relation to slowing down a bit our our kids are so they're just going to all these activities all these birthday parties and events. And it's just, and then we wonder why they're having a meltdown. Mm. Uh, of course, I, you know, like, it's just a lot for anybody, but also for, for those of us who are trying to lose weight, I think part of it is slowing down first. Um, yeah. Part of it is reconnecting with yourself, acknowledging what you're feeling. Cause a lot of times weight loss will not happen until yep. you have some emotional healing totally um, there is an emotional component to weight loss that you just you you have you can't ignore it and you'll see it when the with the people who do drastic weight loss plans and they succeed but then they gain it all back and they're yeah. not necessarily eating a ton of food and some of that has to do with like leptins and all the hormones and all that but sure. like it it also has to do with emotions and um i think slowing down is when you slow down you're able to cook more food at home uh, which will help a lot with weight loss. If you eat out a lot, you're eating more calories there than you would be at home, probably. Yeah. Um, and with different oils. And I'm not saying to be super strict about the oils either, because nothing in life, we don't need to be super strict about anything. That creates more stress, but slowing down, eating at home, not rushing to the next event, to the next meeting, whatever, you know? So I yeah. think that's part of it too.
0: Yeah, I always say that um, people who struggle to lose weight uh, generally have emotional trauma in the tissues that we always say that emotions live in your tissues, they live in your physiology because your body is building weight to guard you from the stress of the world. Mm-hmm. And there is that energy frequency aspect of that. And I've seen it in every single case of people who uh, are obese and have too much weight on them. So I will definitely agree on that. And then the other thing that I want to say is how you were saying that we need to slow down. Um, That is also my goal for this year. Uh, When I was talking to my wife, we were talking about what we want out of this year and how we can improve ourselves. Um, And for me, you know, the saying, saying that comes to my mind is if you live in the past, you're depressed. If you live in the future, you have anxiety, right? We want to live in the present moment. And I am a just in my core i am a visualizer i'm i am a manifester i live in the present i visualize things before they happen and i tend to um live in that too much it doesn't bring me anxiety but it brings me uh, like uh it brings me out of the present and i want to be slow down and really live in the present with family and kids and really enjoy this year so i think that goes for beyond weight loss i think that is just a very important theme that we need to live more in the present. Um, you know, and, and you don't have to ignore your, your core truth on that stuff. Like I, I've always been that think in the future, visualize things before I have them or achieve them manifestor. And that, you know, some people would say that's a gift, but, um, I don't want it to, uh, turn into living out of the present. So, That is my new year resolution and what I'm going to focus on significantly this year. So it goes beyond weight loss. I love how you said that, but let's jump back. Let's jump into the questions for folks.
1: Yeah. So one of the most common questions we got was how to lose weight while breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And like, it goes back to my story. So my first thing is don't do anything drastic. This is not a time to um, do it. thousand calorie 1200 calorie diet plan. This is not a time for that. This is a time for uh, connecting and bonding and resting. Your body just did a miraculous thing. Yes. And it's a time for appreciating that strong body that just did that and how amazing that is. Um, and so I, but I know, I know when I say that you're thinking, but you don't have, you know, like, or, or, but what if you have 50 pounds or what? If, I know you're thinking that, but first just start with, wow, my body is amazing. And yeah. then, yeah, we can talk about things to address while breastfeeding, but you have to start with while wow, my body is amazing, rest, nourish with good whole foods. Um, and then, yeah, so there's, there's definitely some problems with, uh, losing weight while, while breastfeeding. I, there are some women who will lose all of their weight while breastfeeding and they will have no problem. And then there are other women who will either maintain or they will gain weight. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with a cortisol issue, um, yeah. and adrenals. I, I, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that?
0: <laughs> I, you, you beat me to the punch. Uh, I find that there's definitely an adrenal, uh, HPA access thing going on. I mean, we just went through, or you just went through, um, maybe the most beautiful stress that the body ever does, which is giving birth and, You know, all the body keeps score. All stress is stress, even if it's distress or you stress positive stress like birth. Um, And so I, I like how you said, you know, you don't have to when you're breastfeeding again, be present in that moment, live in that time of life and just know that when you're done, there's a lot of things that you can do if it doesn't resolve. And so if you're breastfeeding, the biggest thing that I would say is to do a nourishing herb uh, like Reishi Supreme, I really enjoy that can just balance, uh, help balance the stress response of the adrenals and the HPA axis, helps the immune system, builds the blood, super good for so many things. It has a lot of nutrients in it. Something simple like that is what I would start with. And yeah. then when your body is back to not in the breastfeeding phase and you're not pregnant, then start going a little more if you have something to achieve. like That's the time to do that. It's not the time to add more stress to your body because when you are detoxing, when you are, um, healing, you know, you you don't want to, you don't want to go too intense with it. Not to say that you can't detox when you're breastfeeding or pregnant or stuff like that, because we all know, uh, detoxing is as important as brushing your teeth these days, but we just want to go gentle because your body is in a delicate phase that deserves to be, um, just acknowledged. And, uh, yeah, that, that's my two cents on that.
1: I absolutely love, love, adore Reishi. I it is so immune protective, and a lot of women struggle with that immune system um, stimulation during yeah. pregnancy. They get that autoimmune picture, uh, you know, happening, and I think that could be a really great thing to add on. It's it is definitely pregnancy and breastfeeding safe. Um, you know, another thing that I think of when I think of a woman who can't lose weight, and this is this was me is yeast. And why do so many women have yeast issues? Well, how many women are put on birth control these days? Mm-hmm. Um, Yeast is such a big issue after birth control. And then you then you so you you lose weight or you you get off birth control, you get pregnant. And all of a sudden you're putting are you can't lose the weight that you put on. And mm-hmm. it's just a it's, a lot of it has to do, I think, with some fungal overgrowth. And so something that is safe during uh, breastfeeding and pregnancy is scotillaria supreme. Yeah. And I love that because it increases glutathione. It's just super protective, increases melatonin. I mean, it's just super protective of the of the body. So I would say scotillaria, but then I would also say, you know, moving your body. Uh, blood sugar balance, um, is a big factor. And so moving your body, I and mean, I'm not saying big exercises, like I'm not saying some big, you know, CrossFit or go, go to the, uh, spin cycle or spin. What is it? Yeah. Whatever. Something I'm not like saying, that. I'm not, I mean, you can, some, some do fine with that, but, there, but a lot of times there's a, adrenal stress
0: yeah. in
1: a woman during this time period and starting some big exercise routine, is just going to make that worse. And they're going to tank. Um, and so, that is a time where I would say gentle movement like walking or yoga or Pilates um, is really great.
0: Yeah. And one thing that came, comes to my head is uh, Dr. Versendahl, who started contact reflex analysis. And he would always say that uh, people who I, – I, I picture him in my head right now in this one DVD. And he has this lady who had gained uh, like upwards of more than 50 or 75 pounds after uh, being pregnant – And she said, I just can't get this weight off. And he goes to, he kind of tries to prove a point that everyone's focused on the thyroid. Everyone's focused on this, but he goes, he goes, it's actually because you have too much of a water body and you don't have enough good blood and your spleen isn't, uh, isn't functioning to its max. And so Reishi Balances the spleen, but um, he would use immune armor and black cumin oil. Gonna and that? I'm going to highlight black cumin oil because it is antifungal as well. It balances blood sugar uh, and it supports the spleen and it helps build that healthy red blood cell, which carries healthy hormone. That was kind of one of the biggest ahas in the hormone video. I, the original one I did in the membership was. We're we're always so focused on the hormones, but what has to carry them is healthy blood. And when you give birth, you're and all like that, you know, you lose blood. You if when you have menstrual cycle, you lose blood. Like we need to have healthy blood. Um, and then that can really uh take some stress off. And what first of all would call water bodies. You'd say your body's just building a bunch of water because your blood is so deficient.
1: Yeah. And it builds iron stores too. And I mean, a lot of postpartum women are more iron deficient, and so that's not a bad thing to incorporate um i know we i use the vervita one um as well and that is one that will they'll you know you'll see different recommendations i just put a couple drops or a few drops on on like my hand and and lick it or i'll put it in water um what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah i usually i just took some yet last night i put it on the back of my hand and just licked it um some people uh females i'll have them bathe in it too you know, put it some Epsom salt and just bathe in it, or put do a foot soak in it. But the best way is orally, in my opinion, especially to 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 build that blood. So,
1: yeah. Um,
0: what we got next?
1: One more thing was hmm. I, I wanted to mention the minerals and electrolytes because yeah. we're talking about adrenals, and I know that when I was breastfeeding, my supply would tank if I was dehydrated, and I would go get some. T- toxic electrolyte drink uh <laughs> at the time and it would it would it would i would get enough or that i would be able to pump enough because at the time i was seeing patients what,
0: what were you doing were you going over to walgreens getting that pedialyte stuff oh
1: it would no it was it was power Zero. uh i mean it got, <laughs> it's got it's got acid which is aspartame um no. i think got some sucralose in there too uh, which is splenda both are disruptive to gut bacteria it's yep. got the red but, it, but it's healthy
0: it's healthy it's got zero on it it's healthy
1: i yeah that was like, okay, like classic diet culture, like yeah, yes, um, there are ways to get good electrolytes, though, without <laughs> that stuff, um, pickleball, I know you like pickleball, don't you
0: i do i I enjoy it, I don't know you know how um i I go back and forth with stevia monk fruit stuff, just yeah. in general, I, I me personally, but I love the taste of it, I mean, yeah. it's in my water bottle right now, so yeah.
1: I, I will do pickleball. I will also do herbal teas. I love Mm -hmm. chamomile tea and just some good, like just good herbal teas that have a lot of minerals and they they do taste good. So then you can, um, also get that, get more in that way. And then I love, uh, Quentin or Quinton or or however you say it. Uh, I use the hypertonic, the isotonic is more nervous system related, um, so if that is more um, your issue, then I would go more isotonic. Mm. Uh, I love those. So yeah, yeah, we All use right. those as well. Low T in women already doing adrenal support and healthy eating. I guess we should first define like healthy eating, which I'm sure I'm sure she eats healthy. I'm not saying that, but uh, like w- healthy eating, it's- what that looks like we want to include animal protein, right? We've we've had podcasts on this. We've had, I think we've had two podcasts on this. Like it is meat. We both feel like it's very important for a woman, uh, for men, especially, but for women um, it is crucial uh, as well. And so I, I want to reiterate that, go back and listen to those podcasts. Um, I am okay with cooked vegetables and with some fruit, Um, natural, just think natural foods, foods. I told my kids, the foods, the way they were made, they were made Um, foods that were created. Like if you eat a pineapple, it's okay to have like put the pineapple in a a smoothie along with some protein and fat. Sure. But like you want to eat foods the way they were made, not uh, some processed version of some food.
0: Yeah. And, and just like to, to bird's eye view it we're we live in such a protein deficient society. And so we we don't have enough protein. If we do have enough protein intake, generally, we don't digest it well. So it goes back again to like gut function. Uh, but hormones are made of cholesterol. And so we need to do good essential fats, um, things like fish oil as well, uh, the very oily fishes like salmon. Um, so that has to be in place for all hormones to be built, cortisol, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone um but i really think that a lot of times uh two things with low testosterone in females number one is i w- i will always go after estrogen dominance until ruled out yeah and if if estrogen dominance the majority is majority of women 100% if it's ruled out okay then then we're going to the next step and i just think that we have so much Toxicity from pesticides to EMF that are destroying the ovaries and the adrenals, the mitochondria of them that our body just tanks our hormones like testosterone. Um so going after that can really help as well. Um, and then you and I had talked like zinc. You know, how deficient are we in zinc? You know, and a lot we, of it's because
1: we... women just aren't eating meat as yeah. much as they should. Maybe they don't feel good when they eat it. And we've had podcasts on that. We've had, I think we've done, I've done it in a post of digestive enzymes and ways to help with digesting that meat, but that zinc, that's so important. Yes. You can take uh, oyster zinc as an okay supplement. Um, it's a, it's, I like the smidge one. Um, you know, I think that's okay, but I I don't think we should supplement. You can't supplement your way out of it. Like we have to address, we have to be able to eat it and digest it because if you can't digest it and absorb those nutrients, you're not absorbing other nutrients either. So I would say, so zinc, we said, um,
0: so here, here's the thing though with zinc is, you know, what, what is one of the most important, if not the most important substance that zinc creates is stomach acid, you know? So like it, it's such a vicious circle Um, And one thing that I will say is one of the biggest things that depletes our zinc is eating food allergies. Mm -hmm. And because of the histamine that has to be secreted, and then that has to be counteracted and the two things that get stripped up, and there's no coincidences, is is zinc. And the number one nutrient uh, vitamin that degrades toxic estrogen is B6. And so, um, you know, it goes back again to diet. When people say, hey, my diet's clean, it, uh, that's all relative to me. That's all relative. When a patient comes in and says, "I eat well," my first thing is, "Okay, tell me what you ate the last three days." Yeah. Because it, it is all relative. You know, like um, someone could be eating better. Someone who's eating McDonald's compared to someone who's eating, I don't know. Say, uh, I don't even have a good example. I'm I'm trying to think of it, but like the McDonald's person's obviously eating. Soured. Yeah. Right. Something like that. Like, I'm but to because
1: it. you could eat sourdough is fine, but like, if, you, yeah. if that's all you're eating, you know, like.
0: And and you then, say you have a gluten allergy, like that's yeah. a food sensitivity to you or say you're like, hey, I eat chicken all the time. But say you're sensitive to chicken. That is a food allergy, even though it's not viewed as toxic in most circles. Um, that's still a food allergy. So it's good to know what you react to. Uh, because that will deplete your zinc and B6, which sets you up for low testosterone and estrogen dominance.
1: Right. Okay, so two things. First, for food sensitivities, the best way to t- test that is through muscle testing. I
0: I mean, I go... Bioresonance. Yeah, I, I go bioresonance. Um, The one thing that I will say about that is it's only as good as all of the foods that you're testing. So like if you only have a handful of foods... And say you don't have cauliflower vial or something like that. And the person reacts to cauliflower. um, So muscle testing will agree is it is by far the best medicinal tool on the planet, but it's just like every other medicinal tool in the way that it's only as good as the person utilizing it. It's only as good as the questions being asked. So can a blood test, I like Cyrex lab. Can you do a food sensitivity test through there? Yes. And it has value because it goes over like 250 or 300 foods Whereas when you're muscle testing, you're generally muscle testing no more than ten to max. I'd say twenty five at a time, and that doesn't get all of the food possibilities. So it does. There is that um, uh, thing that yeah, thing that we should know.
1: And you can see like on the bioresonance, we both have used Quantum Collective, and yep. they do the Quest four machine. And they interpret the data, the raw data and brings it forward. And it gives you like a scale of like, this is like a prior, like this is a, a priority that we should, ad- we should address in the body. Yep. And so I, um, I really support that as well. Um, doing the bioresonance scan. And like you said, there's only, you're not going to test 150 vials of foods on on right. somebody. And so it is much better to, to get that full picture with the bioresonance scan, um, and then the second thing I wanted to bring up was you mentioned like 90, uh, more than 90% of women have estrogen dominance. It That is yeah. most commonly the issue. Well, mm-hmm. it's not, it's the pesticides, it's the EMF, right? But we've mentioned this before, but it's also the, the, the products. And so I have seen women's estrogen levels go down significantly with living a cleaner lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, being aware of fragrance and phthalates and all of that, because that will dry in plastic. Don't heat your food in plastic. This does matter and it does affect your hormone balance. And so I will 100% say like that, that, those are foundational steps that I think are important.
0: Yeah, those have to be in place because again, your body keeps score. And so when you uh, get rid of those exposures on a daily basis, it helps your body free up detoxification capacity. And so those definitely, when we're talking about supplements, we're talking about those types of things. We're kind of under the assumption that you're doing all the basics, which is, you know, we should never assume, um, but definitely, uh, that we are assuming that those are already like, oh yeah, that's, that's a no brainer. Like that's in place already. And so yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause we, we need to back up sometimes and, uh, reemphasize that because the it's, foundations, the it's foundations just- are they're, obviously they're name foundations for a reason.
1: Like filtering water, like there's estrogen, there's estrogens in the water, like it's it's just everywhere, and so yep. like everything. Um, okay, next question: What to do about low progesterone besides reduce stress? Mm. Um, I uh, yeah, I really like like for that like a double a double whammy there. I like an herb like a good ashwagandha mm-hmm. or tulsi, um, because for me that was what moved the needle. I know some people don't like ashwagandha for you know whatever reason. If you're nightshade sensitive, you might want to go yeah. with holy or one of the other ones. I but those adaptogenic herbs, yep. they are so helpful for yeah. women and and for men that um, are 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 dealing with hormone imbalances and stress. That's yep. a part of it.
0: I'm gonna uh, plug one that everyone knows I'm gonna plug, <clears throat> and I get this question all the time too. I'm gonna add a question into this. If you can take one thing, what would that be? I know what you're going to say. And I'm going schisandra. Okay. And the reason why I'm going schisandra is because it's the one herb that works on every single one of your liver's pathways. That is worth its weight in gold. But I'm going to plug it here as well in low progesterone because the most common causes uh that I see of low progesterone are estrogen dominance, which has to be cleared through the liver. Mm-hmm. And low adrenal function, which it, shasandra helps take down that stress to allow the adrenals to to adapt, and so that uh, Tulsi and Ashwagandha are not wrong. I'm just going to plug Shisandra. You know, I because... love
1: shasandra is one that I I, mean, I took it for like I I was cycled <laughs> like, well, three herbs. I took it for like eight months, and it was the herb that I felt like it was giving me life at one point because it yeah. was so helpful. Yeah. And it's the first step for women who are trying to lose weight, like. The yeah. liver, if your liver is congested and it's, it's definitely going to help a lot. Shashandra totally. is a great one, um, great one to do. And so, oh, so bringing up that, if they say, okay, well, I'm breastfeeding. Cause again, weight loss mm-hmm. or breastfeeding tends to be the most common question we have. Yeah. I don't mind adaptogens while breastfeeding, like an ashwagandha or Tulsi. Your thoughts? Yeah, on
0: that? I, I usually go first to Reishi again.
1: Reishi. Okay.
0: That's where I usually go to. But again, <sighs> The, uh, the company and I'm going to say this that i'm I'm not part of the companies that we're talking about, and so this is my view, this is not their view yeah um and, and this might differ from your view, but if you can handle oh. handle with with quotations antibiotics and steroids and flu vaccines when you are breastfeeding and or pregnant, you think that I care about herbs, come on, these are from nature folks, so like in in general, if someone's like, oh, I totally forgot. I was taking Malia and I was breastfeeding. Like, I'm like, okay, you're fine. Just monitor the baby. Yes. I prefer, um, maybe not to do as strong of ones when pregnant because we don't have access to the baby yet. So we can't monitor the bowel movements. We can't monitor that stuff. Um, but I'm fine with, uh, back to your original uh, point. I'm fine with adapt gins. Um, you mentioned ashwagandha, like Uh, this is kind of how I'll break up the, the best adaptogens from, uh, Supreme ashwagandha is for the mental stress people, the people who are just so beat down from overthinking, which is like all of our society. Uh, that's my go-to for sure. The next one, Tulsi, that's my go-to for when people have a lot of liver stuff. That's more like metabolic syndrome as well, where their glucose is off their cholesterol, their blood pressure, um, they're just wanting a really good, uh, adaptogen that goes after all of like the metabolic type stuff. Shasandra, I think of more of like calming the central nervous system, helping the liver with detoxification of daily activities and hormones. And then one that I'm going to throw in there that actually goes with low progesterone is astragalus because it is it is chinese medicine's go-to master tonic herb and it's a long-term herb so you don't take it for like a week and stop you do it for a minimum 4 months and that helps build your resistance for your kidneys and your adrenals and so when you build resistance the body can function properly and progesterone levels can uh normalize
1: yeah yeah i i love that i think we did a good job explaining that i uh, low progesterone. I love magnesium. Like we said, zinc B six um, yeah. B complex is great. Um, you know, I do love, um, this Organifi harmony drink. It's a, it's a combo herb product. So I've I don't know what it,
0: that is. Explain it. What is it?
1: It's, it has multiple herbs here. Let me look at the ingredients so that I can say, but it's, it's a combo product that has multiple herbs in it. And it is, for hormone balance and for increasing progesterone. And I will okay. say to do it the last, if you're wanting to conserve and make it last two months, do it the last two weeks of your cycle, or you can have it daily. I typically like to have it around daily.
0: Say, um, say the name one more time so I can Google it.
1: It's Organifi Harmony. Uh-huh. Trying to find the ingredients. I'm the worst with finding Is it that. powder? Yes. Um, here it is. Okay. We have... Luhang, oh, it's monk fruit, monk fruit, stea, yeah. maca root, chase tree, shadavari. Shadavari, we didn't, yeah, we didn't,
0: even, we didn't even say shadavari. There's,
1: there's stinging nettles in there, there's acacia, okay. there's uh, ginger root, uh, turmeric, cinnamon bark, and I am okay with it while breastfeeding. I would monitor breast milk supply,
0: yeah, um, so it's, it's very warming, it's like a very warming, uh, yeah.
1: And it's, 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 it tastes like hot cocoa. Like it's, it's good. Um, but I, I really have enjoyed that. I've done all the, all the different things. (laughs) I've been bioidentical progesterone and as someone who has struggled with that, because of course, with this job that we have, like, it is a lovely job, but stress is just one of those things that you, the constant hit to the adrenals. And I really have found that that has been really good in balancing. I, um, I guess, you know, check with your provider I wouldn't necessarily start it like right after, you know, postpartum, but I am okay with that for myself. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good combo one um, as well. Okay. Anything else on low progesterone?
0: No, I think that's uh good, um, you know, if you want to open up a can of worms, we start talking about spike protein, but I think uh, people can reference back to old episodes for that. We,
1: we did that. We did the COVID vaccine on one we of did. them. And so yeah, go back and, and and listen to that. Um Okay. PMDD. We had a few questions on PMDD.
0: Okay. Um, so immediately, I mean, it's no surprise. It's just a massive hormone, uh, disruption essentially. And I usually find there's a ton of toxic xenoestrogens in their system, Mm -hmm. uh, similar to, you know, people who go on birth control and their anxiety and depression can go through the roof. I I think it's very similar in, in effect. Um, In my experience, the people who have that have the most amount of unresolved emotional trauma from childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't always have to be sexual trauma, um, but it's some type of traumatic childhood experience or experiences uh, that when your hormones are in a big shift, things come to the surface because the body can no longer adapt. And so that's been my experience with that. Uh, What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I um I would agree, and I would suggest NET. I'm I know you yeah. would suggest that as well. Yeah. Um, I have seen patients do remarkably well when they start with NET. I actually called myself. I was like, I need I need to do this for myself, and so mm-hmm. like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start next month because it is something that I think. I I don't know many women or men that just really couldn't use. A, a you know, a six months of NET just because there's yeah. so many things we our brain and our body does not let us feel and we don't yeah. even know we're feeling. And NET gets to the subconscious. Yeah. Um, and so I I really highly recommend it finding someone that you trust because they are going to be guiding you in the subconscious, and that is something yeah. that I do think it's important to find somebody you trust. So having a personal recommendation from somebody that you know or like a a, a local group would be good. Um,
0: yeah. When, when yeah. I, um, when I was working in California, uh, the person whose clinic I worked uh, in, his name is Dr. Howard Cohn. Uh, there was one day we were sitting in like the the kitchen, which is where like our cubbies are is in between patients. And he asked me, he goes, if you can like do any one thing now that you, you know, you've been exposed to so many techniques and stuff and you can only practice one or two things the rest yeah. of your life, what would it be? And in that time I said, um, I would do uh contact reflex analysis and functional medicine combined. That's what, that's what I said. And I said, what do you, what would your thing be? And, and you know, he's been in practice. It's gotta be 30 years now. Um, and he said the two things that I would do on everybody is give a really good Atlas adjustment, which is the first cervical vertebra. You know, some chiros just work on the Atlas. He said a really good Atlas adjustment and an NET session. Mm. and i don't think he's wrong by any means like when he he's also uh if he's listening to this kudos to him he i always say i proclaim him as the best net practitioner on the planet um and i've been treated by many net practitioners i've been treated by the man who started net and dr cone uh is just he's special when it comes to net yeah and uh um when he said that even when i just said that he said that i got the chills a little bit which it's just so powerful when you have a technique that really changes the physiology of your emotions and your subconscious mind it's it's unlike anything else um when i was doing the health class in california every wednesday night what I would say, and what we would all say, is it's like taking a coat off you never knew you had on. You just feel lighter, you feel better. It's a it's a bizarre feeling because there's not much other stuff in society that can provide that, and so uh, it's awesome, love it.
1: I after I watched a friend walk the NET journey for a year and just seeing the difference in her it is personally like, and the way she responds to just, it it is, it's, it's just wonderful. And it's a gift you should give yourself. Um, and so, cause it is time. Yeah. You are going to take time to go, to go see them and it's going to cost, um, some money. I'm sure. Yes. Cause it's that their time is valuable, but it's worth it. Um, it is worth it. Um, okay. Talk about the effects of stress and on hormones and weight, especially with PCOS
0: uh, sh- that can go for beyond PCOS and go for anything. I mean, yeah. stress is absolutely everything. I, w- I would say, uh, PCOS has a huge, huge insulin component, yep. big blood sugar component, big, big, big. And so, um, you know, we, you and I were just talking, I just did the blood sugar deep dive video on the membership mm-hmm. and, um, PCOS is a perfect, Perfect example of what can happen when your blood sugar is off and how it affects your hormones uh, from insulin. You know, everything is a teeter-totter. Everything's a balance in the body. And so stress throws that off, obviously. And we have a a three-way teeter-totter of insulin, cortisol, and estrogen. And they they impact each other so much. Um, And when those things get imbalanced, you can get a ton of cysts. And I find clinically, um, I actually find, I always break these two up. So cysts versus fibroids, um, yes, they both can come from estrogen dominance, but I find that fibroids have much more of an estrogen component, whereas cysts have much more of an insulin component. And so PCOS is, um, it's critical to balance your blood sugar and any type of stress because that secretes histamine, adrenaline, and cortisol. In the long run, then imbalances the insulin need because what does cortisol do? Well, that's a loaded question, but what is one of the main actions is it actually helps raise your blood sugar because it's a survival mechanism. It's a, it's a right. survival hormone. So your body has to always secrete insulin to teeter totter balance that out. And it is that excess insulin that then can turn into PCOS in a susceptible individual.
1: Yep. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, blood sugar is. Such a re- it's so related to stress, and you see this in the people that they may do fine on their postprandial blood sugar, like mm-hmm. they'll take it two hours after after eating. And I think that's important. There are some people who do struggle more postprandial after eating, but there's a lot of people who struggle more with fasting blood sugar. And I would argue it's because of cortisol. And some of that I would also say could be oral dysfunction and mm-hmm. at night, your mouth breathing and, um, it's increasing the cortisol and it could be parasites increasing the cortisol at night. Sure. There are all, a number of factors, but yep. I would say if you're struggling with fasting blood sugar, which you do want, you want it around 80, Five is generally what I think. Eighty. Yeah,
0: 90. I like I like a little higher eighties, like eighty-eight to ninety-two is yeah. kind of my sweet spot.
1: Yeah, you don't want it low because that's right. obviously not good because that'll spike your cortisol too. uh yes. To raise to raise your blood sugar. So if your blood sugar is dropping often, um, yeah. and you're getting hangry, then that you might need some B one or some thiamine, But also, um, you know, you need you know, it's a lot of liver is will help with that. A lot of yeah. liver,
0: so. And, and I like how you said liver because, uh, one of the biggest takeaways that I talk about in the blood sugar video with low blood sugar, hypoglycemia, the number one goal is to increase your glycogen stores, which is stored in your muscle and in your liver. And if your liver is taxed with estrogen dominance, viruses, fungus, parasites, then structure dictates function. If you have a fatty liver, then you're not going to store enough glycogen. And then in the middle of the night, you're not sleeping because your body is going in survival, increasing cortisol, that increases insulin. The vicious circle happens again.
1: Yeah, gosh, gotcha. yeah. Good stuff.
0: How many we got? We got one more?
1: Uh, we, did we We didn't really go over PCOS. We did go Uh, testosterone. We didn't go over high testosterone. Um, That's
0: another uh, blood sugar imbalance in females. Uh, When you see high testosterone, which can be in PCOS, um, that is a insulin blood sugar issue. And so, love golden thread. That's been a number one. Uh, Japanese knotweed, my number two. So berberine and resveratrol, which are those respectively. Um, Love inositol. That's in most supreme products. Um, but you can take nostal by itself. Um, yeah. those are probably oh, my I love
1: inositol. That is yeah, something so that, good. It's good for anxiety. Like, I mean, there's a good little like mixture you could do for like a panic attack. Um, it's just it like- tastes good thing. too.
0: It tastes like sugar.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. it is, and it's from in my experience, it's safe during. Pregnancy and breastfeeding.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> I'm always like hesitant to say it because I'm like, Man, I want to, but like at the same time, you, you,
0: like, you got that old background creeping back in. Yeah, like that you're gonna it's get like a screwed, devil like- on your shoulder.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah i I think we did a really good job. I would just say the biggest thing we should mention menopause. Okay. The
0: yeah, you got, got to support the adrenals. Menopause is a transition in the use of your estrogen. And so <clears throat> there's a lot of people who get zero symptoms of menopause. Why is that? Because they have the most adaptable adrenal system, right? You know, your your estrogens go from a lot from your ovaries to all of it from your adrenals. And if there is too much stress in your system, then that's that's a huge stressor coming. And if you can't adapt to that, then menopause will give you a nightmare.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would just say, um, to kind of tie a little bit together with, um, a lot of the weight loss stuff is, well, people will say low thyroid. Um, I would say, Nothing happens in isolation. So like mm. your, low, your thyroid being low is not isolated. It's right. happening along with adrenal stress. And so, and a lot of mo- menopausal women, they do have low thyroid or, or or premenopausal. They do like for optimal standards. And we've done a thyroid podcast. Definitely listen to that if you haven't, but yeah. I would say nothing is happening in isolation. There's no adrenal stress in isolation. It's, there's other things going on in the body. And so to look at the body as a whole and say, okay, where am I going to start? Start with the foundations of like clean, cleaner living, lots of good mineral nourishment, good nourishing foods, um, and then lifestyle. Um, we've done podcasts on EMF and blue lights and how that affects cortisol. We've done so much of that in the past. Right. And so go back and listen to those two.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think you, uh, said everything that I was going to say with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just like all of these factors come like they're, they're together. Like it's not just one thing. And And one,
0: one more, one more that when you said that, that nothing's in isolation, another perfect example of that, which, um, a lot of people, this might be new information to them, but when we talk about methylation, and everyone talks about, you know, I have MTHFR genes, so I can't do this. I can't do that. When it comes to genetics and methylation, it is not any one gene. It is the accumulation of multiple ones. Yeah. And so I think we're giving a little too much power to, oh, I have this one snip, so I have to do this. Like at the end of the day, toxicity creates a deficiency that allows that snip to uh, to express itself. Now, if you have 10 snips off, that's more of a clinical picture as opposed to one single one because it all works. Nothing works in isolation. It all works together as a closed kinematic chain and everything affects everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I could not agree more because you could not have MTHFR and still poorly methylate. And yep. so it is, that is, it's just not just the one thing. And so, and that methylation is also a big factor in how well you detox. And if you can't get rid of the estrogens that you're exposed to and the products that you're eating or you're using the foods that you're eating, then you're not going to detox it well. And so go back and listen to the methylation podcast. Yes.
0: <laughs> and and, and, th- <laughs> and this is kind of, you know, a perfect example of why we do frequency medicine is because think about how much we just went over. How do you know when to do what? Are you going to throw the kitchen sink at it? Like that that's not a sustainable model again. And we're looking for sustainability. And so um, do we detox first? Do we do methylation first? Do we do both simultaneously? Like you you want to have a way to ask the body's nervous system what it can handle and in what order so that we don't stop the self-healing ability of the body. And so, again, frequency medicine mixed with functional medicine, in my opinion, should be the the medicine of today, but it definitely will be the future of medicine because uh, there's just nothing else that can accomplish what those two together can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wish more providers were able to I offer that and I wish there was more access for patients. I know many of you are looking for providers that offer that and it's not always accessible. And so I, you know, that's where Charlie's membership and educating yourself online, it can be really helpful. Um, obviously not just doing things online, going to see a provider is super important, but in the meantime, educating yourself on what to do and what, um, what to look for is is super, it's super important. All right, guys. Well, none of this was medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider. What were you going to say, Charlie?
0: That was it. Um, You know, uh, just to echo what you were saying was, We don't replace providers for you, but knowledge is power. And when you gain the knowledge through our podcasts and membership and Instagram stuff, it makes your healing journey much more efficient for you and for your provider because now they don't have to explain everything, and it's more of that teamwork together. um, And uh, uh, it's a breath of fresh air when you um, can do all of it.
1: Yeah, you feel empowered, and you know that you can handle, and that changes your outlook on your problems. When you have hope and you're empowered that you know what you're doing, it changes everything. Yes, so we hope and pray for that for you all. So you guys have a good week and we'll talk to you soon.